Hi there, welcome to the Neurodivergent Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Griffith, and I am so excited to have you here. On this podcast, we talk about all forms of neurodivergence, from ADHD to learning disorders to giftedness to autism and more. If any of that sounds familiar, welcome to Neurodivergent Magic. Hello guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Welcome back to Healing Unscripted. I am so excited for today's episode. As always, I feel like I say that every time, but I'm super excited for today's episode because we are going to be talking about polyvagal theory. So if that sounds intimidating or anything like that, don't worry. It's going to be super simplified, um, but also just it's actually not that complicated, I promise. <laughs> so in order to talk about polyvagal theory, let's um, go over the gist of what it is. So polyvagal theory is a theory that uh, breaks down the stress response, essentially. Um, so what's happening physically in the body when we experience uh, extreme stress? You may have heard of fight or flight, Yeah, that absolutely plays a role in polyvagal theory, although now it's fight, flight, fawn, and freeze. Um, So we're going to talk about where those different responses fit on the spectrum of polyvagal theory, um, or actually the ladder of polyvagal theory, which we will talk about more in a minute here. Um, And we're going to talk about how polyvagal theory affects the body and how polyvagal theory can help us improve our stress response, the most important part. (laughs) All right, are you ready? Let's go ahead and jump on in. So in order to talk about polyvagal theory, we first have to describe the different stress responses. So let's talk about fight or flight, as it used to be known, or fight, flight, fawn, and freeze, as it's known now. It's definitely more of a mouthful. Sometimes people just call it the four Fs. So let's take a look at what each of these responses really looks like. Um, And let's talk about what these responses are. Let's start there. So these are stress responses. This is how we respond when our nervous system is activated. This is what we do when um, we experience a stressor. And this stressor could be anything. It really depends on the person, on the situation. But sometimes it can be something as seemingly small as an itchy tag. Um, or something as big as being screamed at. Um, so different things stress our nervous system at different points in time. You know, the itchy tag might not seem like a big deal, except maybe you got yelled at earlier today and now you're super sensitive to everything. And the itchy tag is like the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, so the first thing I want to do is just acknowledge that whatever stresses your nervous system is okay. You're not broken. You're not weird if seemingly small things cause you a lot of distress. So there's that. (laughs) Um, Okay, so the next thing I want to address is this idea of normal versus abnormal and helpful versus unhelpful. So the fight, flight, freeze, or fawn responses are not always super helpful. They help us cope with a situation as best that we can, but it's maybe not the way we want to cope with a situation, right? However, that doesn't mean it's abnormal. It doesn't mean you're weird. I mean, think about how many different things, books, podcasts, TikToks (laughs) have come out about um, the fight, flight, fawn, and freeze responses and how much we all relate to this. It's because we all experience them to some degree. Um, 
So it's completely normal and I just don't want you to feel pathologized or like I'm trying to say that you are ill in some way uh, just because you experience these responses. This is actually just the way your nervous system is being stimulated and that is a-okay. So without further ado, let's go ahead and hop in and talk about what these responses actually look like. So let's start with the fight response. Basically, all of these stress responses are ways to cope with a problem, and each response has a different solution to the problem. The fight response, the solution is I will confront the problem and defeat the problem. It's all about winning. Um, And as a result, um, the problem isn't always fully and complexly understood. It involves a lot of, you know, defensiveness and irritability And a lot of arguing tends to go with the fight response. If the fight response is your go-to, and people can have multiple responses, by the way, but if the fight response is um, how you tend to respond to problems, you may experience, like I said, lots of irritability and defensiveness, um, but you also might be prone to picking fights. Um, You also might aggressively problem solve and maybe not really validate yourself or others, depending on where the problem is, Um, stuff like that. So the fight response is, it's all about confronting the problem and winning and being the master of the problem. And um, that can be unhelpful sometimes because it prevents us from really fully seeing the problem as it is, because we see it as something to conquer instead of, um, you know, just a neutral experience. (laughs) So that's the fight response. The flight response looks at problems and says, you know what, I'm just going to avoid this until it goes away. I'm going to fix all of the problems surrounding this problem, but I'm never going to deal with it directly head on. Um, And so this, for a long time, I had a lot of misconceptions about the flight response. I thought it meant you had to physically remove yourself from a situation. And that can definitely be part of it. People with the flight response tend to drive very fast, um, tend to avoid situations where the problem arises again, um, all of that stuff. But it can also involve mental, like mentally removing yourself from the problem. So that can be procrastination, overworking, overexercising, um, stuff like that. So next we have the fawn response. The fawn response, so here's the thing. The fawn response and the freeze response are a little bit different from fight or flight because fight and flight both assume that you have some level of agency over the problem. Like you can assume like, okay, if I fight this, I might be able to win or okay, if I run from this, the problem really might go away. Um, The fawn and freeze response sort of take a different approach. So with fawning, you assume, look, I can't beat this problem, so I'm going to befriend it. Sorry, befriend it. (laughs) I'm going to do whatever the problem says. I am going to acquiesce and um, basically extreme people pleasing. And um, maybe that will make the problem go away. And sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. That's the thing with fight, flight, fawn, and freeze. Sometimes this stuff works and sometimes it makes it way worse. Um, (laughs) So with fawning, the biggest problem with fawning is 
the crazy amount of self-abandonment involved. You basically have to deny your own wants and needs and comfort and feelings and validation in order to prioritize the problem. So that's fawning. Let's see, what would that look like in real life? It looks like crazy people pleasing. I don't mean crazy in a bad way. Sorry. I more mean just extreme people pleasing. Um, a lot of trouble setting up boundaries and, um, yeah, so that's, that's what the fond response tends to look like. Then we have the freeze response. So the freeze response is similar to fawn in the sense that you have recognized that there is nothing I can do about this problem. And, but the response is a little bit different. Instead of befriending it, even that feels like it's not going to work. And so you just completely shut down, total shutdown. Um, freeze response attempts to cope with the problem by not just ignoring it, but by you know, ceasing to exist almost so that the problem doesn't have anything to interact with. Um, the freeze response in real life tends to look like dissociation and indecisiveness, uh, zoning out a lot, um, having a really hard time making conversation or, you know, maybe not feeling totally like yourself. So those are the four Fs, but how do they correlate to polyvagal theory? Let's talk about that. So polyvagal theory is a theory centered around the vagus nerve. That is the 10th cranial nerve. Um, and I promise this is not going to get super technical. Cranial nerves, just a nerve coming from your brain. Um, the 10th one, the vagus nerve, is a particularly long and extensive nerve. It uh, extends throughout much of the body. And as a result, it affects a lot of the body. It affects heart rate and breathing and digestion, all of which are very important when it comes to the stress response. Um, so the four Fs, what they have to do with all of this is... Um, the way that your vagus nerve is stimulated has an impact on which one of these responses you are most likely to experience. So let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the stimulation of the vagus nerve and how the different forms of stimulation uh, result in a different uh, stress response. So basically, there are three ways the vagus nerve can be stimulated. Ventrally, which just means front, the front uh, branch of the vagus nerve. Sympathetically, which is the sympathetic nervous system, the fight or flight system. Or dorsally, which is the back branch of the vagus nerve. Ventral stimulation is typically where you want to be. This is our healthy, sociable response to stress. Um, when the ventral branch of the vagus nerve is stimulated, we tend to um, see problems clearly and respond to them in an even measured sort of way instead of flying to one of the extremes of fight, flight, fawn, or freeze. Um, when the sympathetic uh, area of the vagus nerve is stimulated, this is when the sympathetic nervous system comes into play and it quickens your breathing, it quickens your heart rate, um, slows down digestion, basically sends you into survival mode. In survival mode, as you may have guessed, the only thing that matters is survival. So all of the unnecessary bodily processes start slowing down and um, we stop being able to respond to problems in an even measured kind of way. Um, and that's where we tend to go into fight or flight. This is where our body still believes that it can solve the problem somehow, which is why we go into either fight mode or flight mode and not fawn or freeze. 
Finally, when the dorsal branch of the vagus nerve is stimulated, this is when we go into shutdown. The dorsal branch of the vagus nerve is in charge of shutting down all kinds of operations and basically making it so that we do not respond to the problem in any way and we sort of try to trick the problem into thinking that we no longer exist. So as you can tell, the fight and flight responses correlate to the sympathetic nervous system, whereas the freeze and fawn responses correlate with the dorsal branch of the vagus nerve being stimulated. Um, But the last piece of important information when it comes to polyvagal theory is that all of this exists on what is known as the polyvagal ladder. So basically at the bottom of the ladder, you have the uh, dorsal branch activation. Then in the middle, you have sympathetic activation. And at the top, you have ventral activation. In order to get from dorsal to ventral, you have to go through sympathetic. And there are gradients in here. It's not like you jump from completely frozen, totally dissociated, uh, completely zoning out to I'm going to start a fight. And then you jump from there to, yeah, I'm ready to have a normal, healthy, sociable response. (laughs) Um, There are shades of gray for sure. And that can be hard to remember sometimes when we're in the throes of these survival mechanisms that are so extreme and feel so extreme. But there really are shades of gray and we have to climb our way through those shades of gray in order to get back to a helpful, healthy response. One of the absolute best ways to climb your way up the ladder is to co-regulate your nervous system along with somebody else's calmer nervous system. So if you have access to somebody who is willing to help you out when you're in these situations and their nervous system is in a calmer, maybe more ventrally activated state, um, simply being around their nervous system and sort of This sounds sort of woo, but sensing their energy can really help um, regulate your own nervous system and help you climb that ladder. And it might be frustrating to go from freeze and all of a sudden you're feeling fighty, you're flighty, but that is part of the process and you just have to trust that that is part of the process and it's okay to feel what you're feeling. Shaming ourselves for feeling whatever it is that we're experiencing is only going to serve to keep us trapped in whichever part of the ladder that we're in. In order to move, we have to decrease uh, the shame involved. So that's polyvagal theory. I told you it was not actually super complicated. It's actually a pretty simple um, model for how the nervous system works and for how we deal with stressors and what survival mode looks like and how it can look different in everybody and how it can look different in different people in different situations. As always, we're going to end on a guided meditation, but before we get to that, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for listening. It means the world to me to know that you're out there and that this is helping you, and I am just really happy I could be part of your healing journey. Just to be an aspect of it is an honor to me, so thank you so much. And without any further ado, let's hop on into the guided meditation. Let's start by taking a nice deep breath in through the nose and out through the mouth. These deep breaths help us regulate our nervous system. And regulating our nervous system is exactly what we're talking about today. The nervous system is nervous. It wants to keep you safe at all times and 
When your top priority is safety, when your only priority is safety, everything looks like a threat. It's hard sometimes to manage all of these threats, and sometimes we slip away from our helpful sociable reactions and we slip into more unhelpful reactions, reactions that we're not always proud of but are perfectly human and perfectly natural. Sometimes we just want to swing our fists through the air and we don't want to hurt anybody. We just need to move. We just need to fight. We just need to come out on top for once. And sometimes we want to move our legs. Sometimes we just want to get away as fast as we can. And it's okay to not want to be in the presence of a terrible problem. That's natural. Sometimes we just want to be helpful. We just want to be useful. We just want to be good. And that makes sense too. And other times, it feels like there's no winning. And so we shut down. All of these are natural responses and they make sense. They're not always helpful. There's a reason we try to get out of these states. But they are normal. You're not defective. You're not broken for feeling this way, even if you feel this way a lot of the time. What that means is your nervous system is dysregulated. And luckily, there are ways to fix that. The number one way, learning to sit with yourself and be accepting of wherever you are on the polyvagal ladder. Instead of trying so hard to jump from one area to the next, tell yourself, Hi, I'm here, and we don't have to go anywhere. We don't have to climb the ladder right now. We can just be together here. It's okay that you're shut down. I don't mind. I want to be with you anyway. It's okay that you're feeling fighty. I want to be with you anyway. This radical acceptance is going to do more for your ladder climbing than anything else possibly could. The stress response is stressful. And sometimes our response to our stress responses is shame. And shame is never helpful. Shame will only serve to keep us stuck where we are. When we show up for ourselves and we say, I see you, I see you, and I accept you, that's when we're going to make our way to a healthier response. Peace be with you. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you give us a follow over on Spotify, leave a review over on Apple Podcasts, and tune in next Saturday for another amazing episode.